Warning! This podcast contains amazing content and strong language. And the I'm on the track. Fuck off! Especially, there's always one that's an arsehole as well, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, that's Darren, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Clearly, we know who's getting named and shamed in this episode anyway. Darren, better prepare yourself! <laughs> Catalogues. I'm Natasha Jenkins and I'm Juliana Hopkins. Today we are interviewing Them Bloody Kids which are a metal trio from London. Hi guys, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Oh well I guess uh, we start from the, from the top. Well me and, me and Darren just sort of got together through like a love of system of down and then started jamming. And Three years ago yesterday. Yeah yeah three years ago yesterday. Happy anniversary so, boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah fucking mental. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so basically we just started jamming, writing some songs then. Before we knew it, we had like a full album material and it was just sort of like, all right, well, we better get this show on the road sort of thing. Amazing. And then Antonio joined us for the ride and here we are. The three of you. Nice. So nice. Seb, yeah. you're the vocalist and guitarist, right? And yeah, that's right. Yeah, Darren, yeah. you're on drums and Antonio on bass. Yep, yep, yep. Where are you all from individually? Where does all your like musical journey sort of begin with your, your, own, your own stuff before you became a band? Uh, well, I guess location-wise, Scarborough, so up north. Um, and then music-wise, sort of inspirationally, sort of, oh, sort of bands, I guess. I got I only got to metal and rock really late, quite late. I was like 13. So I've been listening to sort of like your classic sort of poppy rock bands, like, you know, David Bowie, sort of that sort of stuff. And then going to my more sort of heavy stuff through School of Rock, you know, the film School yeah, of Rock. Yeah, I love that Going all that shit. And then that was me hooked, man. And... That sort of inspired it all. Love it. Yeah. Jack Black, Very what a cool. good thing to be. What about off. you guys? Darren. Darren. Antonio. Antonio, you go first. Okay, no problem. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm from Italy, uh, a really small city called Lecce in the south near Greece. Um, speaking about like musical taste and stuff, uh, believe it or not, my first record was um, In Utero from Nirvana. Yeah, and just because I nice. found it on the ground one time coming back from home from school. Oh, free CD! Yeah, I love from, that. <laughs> from there, basically, I started to listen, you know, all their discography, and then I jumped to Slipknot for no apparent reason. So I jumped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and I never stopped. Interesting. Nice. Nice. So when did you move to London? Uh, basically, just to join ICMP like three years ago, almost. For people listening and watching, that's where we know the guys from, is from university. What about you, Darren? Once I, uh, I started in a church band when I was really little, playing a little bit of drums, tambourine. Nice. And then, like, just like Severin Antonio, I guess, in school, some people corrupted me into getting <laughs> not album. And then uh, I read that Chili Peppers album first and then Slipknot straight from there, which kind of takes it. Is it a big leap, isn't it? And then System of a Down was just like I was obsessed with them. Uh, and then I was in loads of bands in London, which I moved to 14 years ago. Um, and I've been in like loads of uh, funk bands and electro bands and all kinds of stuff. And then nothing for like a year. And then I met Seb and I was like, yeah, let's, let's be in another band because I haven't done one for a while. 
Nice. Um, and it was just amazing. It's exactly, I get to play the sort of drums I love, exactly how I want to do them. So that's, yeah, it's perfect for me. That's really cool. That's super that's cool. Really nice. I was saying to Seb, like, man, I just, I'm, I've been so much drama in so many bands. I just want to do a three piece because it's just so easy to organize everybody to <laughs> who's doing what and where you're meeting and getting people together and stuff like that. And it's just great being in the three pieces. just the most amazing band. Aww, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really so sweet. Amazing. Now playing Do What You Do by Them Bloody Kids. As I walk through the country jungle, my mind crumbles like a biscuit in a brew. I'm just shooting on through. earliest memory of playing an instrument me yeah. all of you all of you <laughs> you go first no you dad just so we can make fun of you i the pots and pans rel relentlessly around the house and it drove my mom insane she was like just getting a drum kit so you can focus that so yeah um but i think i learned guitar when i was like eight my cousin gave me lessons but that's and my first instrument was actually trumpet, which I got in junior school, which I played for like five years. That was pretty cool. That's intense. That's cool. Do you still play? <laughs> no. <laughs> like it's thrown out the window. For the next album. Yeah, what part of the next record, mate? Yeah, yes. I could probably pick it up and give it a go, but my, you know that thing you've got to do with your lips? It's just, it, it hurts so much straight away now. <laughs> Oh, does that, it? That's it. <laughs> you got to do it for ages. It's like, ah, it really hurts. Hey, tackle is like, I know what you mean. The yeah, vibrations, yeah, tickles, it's so tackly. Yeah, not mm -hmm. not fun, not cool. What about you, Antonio? Um, well, in my family, basically everyone is a musician. So my father was and actually is a classical uh, guitar player and teacher. Cool. Uh, so my first memory with an instrument, I don't know let's say around 10 when i started to play classical guitar yeah god okay cool and then like you obviously did you did your parents like obviously if they've got like a classical background were they a bit ooh, when you decided to go into sort of heavy metal and well yeah with my father actually yes he didn't consider yeah. <laughs> any uh electrical guitar play player a real guitar player i feel you mm, yeah. it took me so long to change his mind but in the end i succeeded so I think that's, do you know, I often think that with the classical world, like I used to be a classical singer and I feel like mm -hmm. there was a lot of arrogance within the orchestra 
where I, I used to train up children as well and I remember you would have like a children's part of the chorus come in to sing and they would have to like count 140 bars and I'm trying to get seven-year-olds to know when to come in and if the conductor didn't bring them in, you would get like glares from the first violinist and you'd get glares from the orchestra and I was like, you're not fucking glaring at my children, I've trained them all. I was so angry. I was like, leaving the classical world. Fuck this, no way. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely an arrogance in it. I feel like it's not even like, a, it's like subconscious almost with mm-hmm. like your dad, there's that mm-hmm. turnaround. Yeah. Yes. And not to come back again to Italy, but uh, as you can imagine, it's a really old country in general. So yeah, um, we have this kind of like sacred culture about classical music, opera and stuff like that. So, yeah. But mm. things are changing. Yeah. I, I can feel it actually. So That's did you nice. just whip out the electric? Like, don't care. Don't right care. Uh, no, I was playing both actually. <laughs> I didn't really care. I was playing, yeah, Nirvana on the classical guitar and Asturias, like classical pieces on the electrical one, just because why not? Yeah, fair enough. I like that mentality. Why not? Absolutely, man. I reckon the earliest memory I can think of is, so my mum, she plays uh, folk guitar. So like finger picking guitar nice. and stuff and she sings and stuff, but she's from Austria, so it's like Austrian folk. That's so um, cool. What the hell? And, uh, yeah, so she she came into class and did, I remember doing a performance with her. I must have been in year one or year two. Very like, proper diddy, you know, and did a performance for the whole class. And I feel like that's probably my earliest memory of doing something musical, like, that was, like, implanted in my brain, do you know what I mean? Oh, I, I, so I, to be honest, I can't remember pre-five anyway, you know? Yeah. It's all, like, gone now. That's fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, our brain doesn't care about this. Stuff. Yeah. Only the traumatising yeah, things. <laughs> I don't know if it's just through the trauma that my brain's gone through. <laughs> the things that keep you up at night, lying in bed, yeah. they're the things you can remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you guys have, like, a funniest memory together yeah b and b oh the b was funny uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell, us, well, tell us yeah, yeah this sounds was too amazing um i mean i think darren can am i telling it story from yeah, go on, <laughs> perspective yeah because we fucked up and somebody decided to cook me a carbonara because you've been gloating about it for a while saying like oh, it's really good so yeah that that was nice but we didn't we, we went out and got drunk afterwards and hadn't cleaned up yet anyway and we came back the next morning and decided to cook like a fry up and then i i, I, I hadn't been in an airbnb for a long time and i was uh the owner mentioned something about a cleaner so i said to seb like what do we have to like clean all these dishes or does it come as part of the airbnb and then I we consider, got a... <laughs> i consider that basically uh, it was you know i was just trying to impress darren so i tried to do like big stuff so taking every bowl possible uh, smashing <laughs> eggs everywhere oh, no. and using basically every piece that i found in the kitchen oh. uh just to impress him just you know to <laughs> try to this was on his first tour with us by the way so he's okay. like just, just yeah. was it good like, club <laughs> impressions like making us this carbonara you know mm. the plate the plate was an absolute fucking bomb site and i and i asked the boys like we were so hungover and i was like well was the cleaner gonna come and do this and he was like yeah and uh yeah it looked like we'd had a fucking house party in there when it was just the three of us cooking food and then oh, no. yeah it was an, an absolute bomb site and uh, yeah we got a call like hungover on the way home from tour driving the, the woman was going crazy and loads of emails and stuff and then I got the big fine and then I had to create a new Airbnb, Airbnb account because I got oh, bad shit. on it. <laughs> so there wasn't a cleaner and you guys were meant to clean it? Yeah. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> oh, no. Went, no it's honestly, he was on the phone and I could just hear her. Like, I could hear her oh. in the other seat. Like, she's just, like, screaming at him, like, 
Now you know for next time, read the fine print. Read the fine print of oh. every contract. <laughs> or just we'll make a new Airbnb yeah, account every time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it's that. Crazy. Just make a new Gmail every time. Fuck's sake, guys, that's a disaster. Don't do that. TVK approved, do it. No! <laughs> We're not all metalheads, right? Okay? <laughs> Carbonara. <laughs> yeah, Carbonara is the most metal meal. <laughs> yeah, smashing the eggs. Literally, love it. Nice. Angrily whisking everything up. Yeah, bitch. Can't wait. Next time, lasagna, Darren. Be prepared. Oh, oh fuck. That's going to be even more messy. That's even worse, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even more fucking messy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so what bands do you listen to a lot of at the moment? At the minute, I'm smashing this band called Shokran. Shokran. Uh, it's like an Egyptian sort of metal band. They're not Egyptian, but they play like Egyptian style sort of stuff. Oh. I think they're from Ukraine. Or they're, they're Eastern European. I think they're dotted about from Eastern Europe. Cool. Um, they're great. Uh, I love the instrumental stuff. I'm not too keen on the vocalist, but it's a ma- fantastic stuff. You know, like the, the the musical aspect of it, like amazing, amazing. Nice. We'll definitely check them out for sure. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I've been um, listening to Smashing Pumpkins again for some reason. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Been playing a bit of drums to the Zeitgeist album. It's probably one not many people have heard of. It's one of the newer ones, but really good drums on that. Um, and um, mostly video game music other than that though because uh, I like the sort of world world music that's incorporated into all video games mm, so mm. It's, kind of ch- it's kind of chill to go for like long walks in the park too and stuff like Mario music or <laughs> the Mario music is legendary literally though. so good we all play the DS's in this house and like we end up like creating our own lyrics to the songs like oh, yeah. so yeah, good we love it fun. <laughs> so much fun ideas, yeah. yeah I thought when you said video games I thought you were going to be like yeah like Skyrim like beautiful like orchestral like you know kind of Celtic vibes no fucking Mario Kart I love it's it me. it's me it's me really easy and 8-bit it's just so good it's just, I it love just that 8-bit Stuff. <laughs> sure. I love it, especially when you're walking through the park and shit. You can just imagine you're like going through Mario Bros. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything's a Pokemon when you when you've got that Pokemon music on from the game. <laughs> that's class. I love that. <laughs> that, that, that. That's my one whole year of lockdown, just chasing squirrels to Pokemon. <laughs> Fair it is. Throwing rocks at squirrels trying to catch them. That's <laughs> very metal. Yeah. <laughs> Die! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what about you, Antonio? Uh, just recently, actually, I fell in love with this like weird Japanese singer called Ado, A-D-O. Mm-hmm. And she's crazy. She's an amazing, amazing performer. Uh, she has a very unique singing style. And I don't know how to describe her songs. They're just like a mixture of like weird electric electronic and funk and it's weird you should definitely check it we will and i cannot i cannot suggest you any particular song because they are all in japanese and i cannot read it (laughs) but uh, that's weird but you know the artist is just ado so check it out Mm -hmm. right cool okay cool you speak Mm. about like having a sound a lot like 
is there any way you could summarise what you would what you'd say your sound is? Right, this might come across a bit salty, but I wrote my fucking uh, I wrote something on my last year of uni about it, and they properly slated for what I said, right? Fine. And so I'm just like I'm a bit like fuck you, but yeah. we kind of wanted the sound that we aimed for. Fuck you, examiner was <laughs> to have like basically commercialise the sort of heavier metal stuff, make with a bit like modernise the old school stuff, but keep that catchiness. And like you know the the catchiness of it, but have the riffs and the fatness, but still make it so people can sing along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wrote that on a fucking thing, and the bitch is like, "Oh no, way is this commercial? Fuck off!" Like, oh, you? it's so oh, subjective. Get fucked. Literally. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that crushed my dreams. I was crying in bed for about three weeks. Oh, Seb, <laughs> oh. no. No. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. <laughs> Did you actually hear like on our um our po- our pilot podcast when we were talking about you guys? I, I was asking Juju like about you and I was like oh like what kind of style are they like because I'm like folk acoustic like not really I, I like I enjoy heavier music and I said is it like an idols vibe and Juju said it's better than idols so definitely. oh, oh yeah. I love and idols I'm not so taking that so would I Ever. I love idols oh <laughs> so good that means a lot man no I'll honestly we've been smashing out the songs in the house like yeah. singing along oh, to yeah. do what you do do what you do. Love it. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> You've converted me, and I'm not a metalhead. Or like, yeah, Natasha's been headbanging a lot recently. I've got the Carlos for it, man. It just happens, like. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. It's gonna seep into your bloodstream, and then you'll be a metalhead, and you'll have a battle jacket like this. I already have a denim waistcoat that's just waiting to get badges sewn on it. So just you wait two weeks. I'll send you pics. Get on it, mate. Get on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some Slipknot badges and yeah. stuff. Yeah! Love it. <laughs> I think because I was a classical singer, I could never do the screamo thing. Like, I was actually going to ask you about that. Like, how do you do the screamo with your voice? Were you trained in any way? Or, like, how do you do it without damaging? Or do you just do it? I... I think I've been very lucky because you listen to other metal artists say that they have to train and all sorts of bullshit and they hurt, they break the vocal cords and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, no, I was just... just in like a rock band that played loads of like live gigs and I was just shouting because the monitor wasn't loud enough. <laughs> so I was like shouting and screaming and then I sort of kind of got into this style of scream, shouting, singing sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it, over time it sort of progressed into being accepted as like a scream, but I don't think it's actually a scream, but I don't know. Because, I mean, I was listening I to your songs and, like, as a singer and being classically trained, I was kind of, like, analysing it. And you actually have a really lovely voice. Even when, mm-hmm. like, with, with the parts okay. where you're not doing, like, the screamo and, like, you're obviously metal shout. I don't know how to make it sound not offensive. But, like, it's <laughs> you actually have a really nice voice. Like, a really melodic. And I was like, fuck. Like, it's so nice to be able to see the contrast between the two. Which is just, like, yeah. I feel a lot of the times you don't get that. Usually, like... You don't you don't yeah, get yeah. to hear the, the contrast. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean with, with the classical strange stuff, I, I was in choirs since I was like oh. a little kid and I was oh. doing all sorts of like classical singing and so I did lots of my singing grades and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I, with the sort of more mellow singing for want of the better word, <laughs> like that 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 stuff was always what I sort of sang. Like this other screaming stuff was is just is relatively new, you know, only sort of past sort of six seven years that I've been doing it. Right. Okay. But like I said, it was just for a gigging that I came across doing that sort of stuff. So. Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Does your mum say anything about it? Because she's a folk singer. <laughs> uh, she says it's loud, man. She says it's loud. She's like, oh yeah, why can't you be like Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> <laughs> because we're we're rock and roll, mum. You don't get it. How did you come up with the name Them Bloody Kids for the band? Oh well, I think it was just I was we were sat looking at like. I spent a good like day just looking at like random band name generators 
right? You know, as you do, as you do when you're looking for band names, right? You just check it out. I and didn't know that. All sorts of absolute. There was all sorts of absolute shite. And somehow it got into being like some of our school. We started talking about school and be like, oh yeah, we were kind of naughty in school, you know, like oh all this sort of stuff. And then it came with like, oh you know, bloody kids, or like oh you know, oh those those bloody kids. And it was like oh them bloody kids, you know, like as in, like saying oh yeah, them bloody kids get out of my yard. So sort of <laughs> oh, yes. like, oh, that works. It's so we get off just, my like, lawn. It's giving me Scooby Doo vibes, man. <laughs> if it wasn't for you meddling kids, exactly. I mean... Yeah, it's that sort of stuff. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a cool <laughs> thing to chant as well. T B K. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Good, good letters. T B K. Like it's a good combo. Yeah, for sure. Very nice. Rolls off the tongue, which we which we like. It's good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice to hear the crowd screaming. I'll tell you that we missed that fucking out. Well, tell us about it. I think we all are. We're all in a bit of a shite space now with COVID, but yeah. So, what's your favourite gig you've been to see? Like as a, as part of the audience. Okay, it, download every time. I know it's not a gig, but just download as a whole. It's mm-hmm. a gig and experience. That's just top of the range. But my my top experience out of download, a show was watching Disturbed do their cover of Sound of Silence, mm-hmm. and I watched a man who was covered in mud head to toe, pissing on his own face to get the mud out of his eyes. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, say yeah, that again. Mate. He was pissing on his own face. Yeah, so basically, oh. obviously, bottles of water, like, this big are, like, £2.50, and no one was giving him any water. He had, he'd, like, slid in the mud and got mud head to toe. His oh. hair was mud. He was, like... They do, like, mud fighting. And 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 he's... And obviously, this Sound of Silence is, like, a super dramatical song. Like, he's singing it like an opera singer, you know? It's, like, super big, dramatic thing. And then there's just this dude in a pile of mud <laughs> literally pissing on his own face. <laughs> It was. I scarred in my memory now. So that is my favorite gig. That is my was it gig. actually going in his eyes? Like. Yeah. No, he was getting it out. He was getting the mud out of his eyes by <laughs> his that's, that's what he was what? doing. And that... he was like swilling his mouth that mouth out with his own piss. It was like oh. the most atrocious thing in the world. <laughs> oh, no. That gives me mad Kilburn vibes though. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It actually does though. You wouldn't be surprised to see that like fucking next to Colin Campbell or something. So funny. So so funny. That's terrible. Um, I think a Defton concert um, in Milan, in a city, in a small city near Milan. And actually it was just, nothing special happened, to be honest, but it was just perfect. Uh, They were fantastic, I mean, Deftons. Um, The cool thing that I remember is that I went there with like five friends. Um, First song, My Own Summer. As soon as the song started, I lost everyone else. (laughs) <laughs> I started the concert like in the probably the last row. I found myself just in the front. I don't know how. I don't nice. know who carried me or if I I don't know flight <laughs> or I I don't know. Mag- <laughs> black magic happened probably. You teleported uh, to the front. Love that. <laughs> it was just a nice concert actually. So it's good when you get concerts like that. When you feel it, like you can feel it in your chest that it's going to be a good yeah. one at mm-hmm. the very start. Absolutely. Yeah. Darren. Darren. <laughs> I think all the 100 Limp Biscuit concerts have been have been probably the best. But uh, there was one one Limp Biscuit concert where uh, we we were in the mosh pit and then there was a guy in a wheelchair in the mosh pit and we just picked him up and then started crowd surfing the guy yeah. in the wheelchair. That happened to me. At and a everyone was going <laughs> were you the guy in the wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, that, ha- that happened to Boomtown, man, as well. 
They must that, that must happen a lot of their gigs because I, I I've seen that at Limp Bizkit gig. Someone in a wheelchair getting picked up and, and like crowds. Maybe it's the same guy. Could be, That's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. Was he was he enjoying it a lot? Yeah, he was loving it, and uh, Fred. I think they had like it was in a uh, Budapest, and they had like this stage sort of came out, and Fred does came out. Any advice for bands starting out? What are you going to tell them? I mean, we're starting out, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just no. think, what's your best piece of advice that you've learned then? I, I'd just say... As much as it pains you, spend some money. Mm. Very good point. Like, as much as it pains you to get some... He, he disagrees with that. I'm telling you he disagrees with that. But as, mu- as much as it pains me to say it, and as much as it'll pain people to hear it, like, nowadays, people know their worth, so you kind of have to pay for them to get their services. Yeah. And Especially unless you're going to get someone who's just starting out that's actually incredible, then you're probably going to have to spend some money. Speculate to accumulate. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, and that's promotion. That's like uh, the actual recording itself. That's like you know whatever mm-hmm. it is. I spend a bit of money, and right. you'll probably get a better quality product out of it. Obviously, you don't have to like throw fucking thousands out of recording. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. but just like get get someone that's actually decent. Do you know? Yeah. That's, that's sort of what I'd say. Good piece of advice. Anyone For else? Sure. In my opinion. Nowadays, uh, for a band, it's very important that everyone in the band has to uh, cover in different roles apart from their instrument, just their instruments. Mm-hmm. For example, in our band, yes, uh, Seb is the singer and the guitar player, but he's also the songwriter. Uh, I'm a producer, Darren is a composer. So um, I think it's very important today, since we are not you know, back in the 90s in which there were just other people doing this kind of stuff, it's important today that you start to learn, I don't know, video editing or shooting or whatever you want and find the right place for you in the band apart from your instrument. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, that's a good point. Very sure. good. Thank you. So are you doing like, uh, do you produce some of the songs and stuff? Or? Not yet, because when I arrived, basically they already recorded and produce everything. Okay. Um, before COVID, yeah, we started to like write together with Seb. He was writing, I was trying to help with the production and the pre-production, let's say, some basic recording, and, but it was pre-COVID, yeah. Mm, nice. So I'm studying like video like... editing, so I'm trying to help with that. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good. It's always good. Do you do like mainly metal music production or do you like, uh, do a bit of everything? L- lately, it's weird because I started to uh, love like cyberpunk and all those kind nice. of weird electronic genres um so mainly i'm doing those things <laughs> not even <laughs> that much metal with obviously some influence from um this kind of heavy heavy stuff but no mostly electronic by myself and with oh. the band obviously i can express my metal and attitude yeah it's good to have both sides for sure definitely yeah. what about you darren I think the biggest thing is to just stick to it because you're gonna have you're gonna jump around from project to project and you're gonna get bored and because it's hard and and you're gonna get knocked back so many times and and so many people just never get anywhere and what what is it they say ninety percent of bands break up before they make it because 
they just move on and, and, and you've just got to stick to it. You've got to, you've got to find something you love and stick to it. Otherwise, you know, you're never going to get anywhere. You're just going to be jumping around forever. Yeah. And um, it's just going to be hard and you're going to, you're going to, what's the word I'm looking for? You're just going to put yourself off beating the music up altogether, really, if you don't, if you don't stick through the hard times. And mm. it's totally worth it when you do. You come out the other end. I be persistent. With, with Definitely be persistent. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. I think you have to do that in every aspect of the music industry, no matter what stage that is being persistent and growing a thick skin because as you say you'll get rejected you'll get knocked back you'll get thrown down and it's always like you know it's the way that you heal that then shows you how much you're going to progress so absolutely yeah. it's a very fair point be mm. persistent yeah, thick skin's important man thick skin's really important i mean like yeah. just even just when like when you submit into different things like people are going to say their opinions you know and like of course not you're not you're not actually trying to appeal to seven billion people on the planet there is actually a small section of that that you're trying to appeal to so the vast majority of people aren't gonna necessarily connect with your shit now playing freedom of peace by them bloody kids so climb the wall to escape the ground you run away from what you found lock the door and lose the key your most intimate memories they fuck you up in their life tear you apart cause like a knife deep in my mind the wound still heals So some of your songs uh, talk about gun violence and suicide, like freedom of peace and do what you do. So do you think raising awareness through music is something that's important to you? Yeah, man. I mean, I know for me, mostly, I think totally. our band, like, politics is probably a, a, a big... Well, I write the lyrics anyway, so the, 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 the drive for me is to use music as a platform, you know, like, to be able to change people's minds about certain opinions and stuff, you know? like. For example, gun violence, that's clearly, and obviously, if you look at the facts, it's negative to have guns in your society. People die. Thousands mm. upon thousands of people die exactly. a year from accidents with guns. So it's like just showing people and showing people that, like, if you have guns, then shit like what happens in our music video happens. Do you know? Like, you don't, you, like, it's important to use a platform that you have to push a, push a, like a, a political idea or, or whatever it is that you, that you want to, like made people think this is like a great like opportunity to do that so yeah you know sure. that's that's what that's why i do it kind of what, what I, one of the main things was why i got into music was because it was kind of a, a good way of being political without being wearing a suit and being a twat you know <laughs> exactly it's a different way to voice your opinions yeah. absolutely exactly the feedback we get from fans and um strangers is, is great when they hear the song or watch these videos and we, we get messages on instagram and facebook and that sometimes and it's really nice people saying really nice things to us how we've helped them or made made them aware and they've sent it to their friends and family and stuff like that and yeah. that's well, that's 
sort of kind of what we're doing it for, I guess. That's your, that's your gratification. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like with the gun violence as well, you know, predominantly people only really think like, oh, you know, that never happens in the UK, that's America. But it does, like, even, I think it was yesterday was the 25-year anniversary of a school shooter came into a school in Scotland and killed a whole primary school class. And it's like, people, when they see that, it's kind of like that mentality, well, oh, that's not us. But it's like, well, it's just because it's not affected you yeah, personally doesn't mean it doesn't happen. You guys sit around here as well, but, like, Finchby Park always has the odd shooting every now and again. They get yeah. it makes it to the... Even yeah. in Kilburn, there's been a few. You yeah, know, Kilburn in that as yeah, well. Aye, for yeah. sure, for sure. Do you think that there's enough done in that particular movement in music to support mental health? Obviously, like, uh, with your other videos as well, which is about suicide, do you feel that there's a, a, you know, a sort of safe place? There are lots of bands that are not necessarily, like, I don't know, on the cover of Rolling Stones magazine, which are trying to um, <clears throat> use this kind of weird, I don't want to say weird topics, but, you know, um deep topic to create awareness yeah but maybe it's not what the main industry wants i mean i think i think with the with like the suicide stuff we got some mess we got a load of messages from like ex samaritans and stuff that were helping out with the samaritans because we put the number on the on the end of the video yeah yeah, yeah. messages saying you know like thank you so much for like raising awareness for the thing you know even though it's it's still a really it's a big a big thing that people know about but it's still great to raise awareness and stuff because uh, so many people don't know about these places that you can call to get yeah. help you know Absolutely. Um, it's important to know that you, there are these places available for you if you're in times of need. Mm -hmm. you know? With 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 COVID and everyone kind of got shafted. Everyone's income's just been like completely destroyed. So mm -hmm. now everyone's just trying to help each other out because we're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. like I, I think that it's going to be we're out at the end of this. It's going to be the people that are like the nicest and the most like connected through being friendly with people that are going to do the best when it comes out of it, you know? Yeah. Cause, yeah, kind people, of... cause everyone's starting from scratch again when we come out. So it's like, everyone's going to be able to help everyone get to the better places. It's not going to be so much of a rat race. It's more so going to be help people helping each other up. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. What are you going to say? Yeah. I was saying, you know, kind of cut that competition aspect of, you know, music and bands. Who's yeah. doing good? Yeah, Who's doing yeah, better? Cause no one can do anything. So nah. You know, I mean, I, I don't really like the whole competition between bands thing, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, you know, wh whatever band you're in, you're doing your own thing. Like, let other bands do their thing. You can do your thing. Like, if you, you know, like, I, I don't really get the whole feud thing. You know, like, when people have arguments or like, or like oh, I want to do better than this band, whatever. Yeah. Just like, you know, at the end of the day, like, you do do you, man. Do, do you. what you do. If it makes you happy, make you happy. <laughs> if, someone, if someone else doesn't want, if someone else wants to do what they want to do, then that's fine as well. Like, just fucking let them do it. Yeah. But also think about think about the fact that today, for example, two similar bands really don't have any reason to fight between each other because it's not like in the nineties in which okay you have that amount of money you will buy that CD or the other one. Mm -hmm. Now we can listen to whatever we want. So if two bands are quite similar, there's a high chance that someone will listen both of them. Yeah, yeah of course. Problem. They'll go on tour together and make money together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the mentality. It should be do it in togetherness. No man is an yeah. island. We should start a petition to change Battle of the Bands, all the all the Battle of the Bands to friend, Friends of the Bands. Yeah! <laughs> Band of Friends, no I like it. Friends, yeah. <laughs> no you all get a participation medal. Get them on, yeah. get them on the Twitter. No losers. Yeah, I love it. You all get a wee medal like in primary school. <laughs> your sports day medals, oh I love it. <laughs> Definitely. So what's your approach to writing music? Would you usually like write the lyrics first and then the music or do you come up with the melodies and riffs first or like what's the creative process like basically? I guess it changes to be honest like I start with 
sometimes I'll start with a chord progression or a riff that I like, and then from there the lyrics will just come out for that section. Amazing. Or it starts with like a line that is really something that's caught my eye or something that is really implanted in my brain for that moment. Like, oh, I don't know. Uh, like, you know, just a line or whatever that sticks in my brain. And then I'll go from that and I'll work from that and make something from that with, with the music later. So it's, it kind of changes. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I mostly start with a, like a few chords or a riff and then write some lyrics from that and then just go section from section, really. Yeah. And then do you like bring that into rehearsals and then... Yeah, normally I finish it off uh, in terms of structure-wise and then I'll just bring it to Darren um, and Antonio recently uh, and then just polish it, you know? Darren puts his drums in and then uh, Antonio's got normally got ideas about what, what to do. Uh, you know, like he's like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe we should try this. Oh, I don't really like this section. Should we change this a little bit, you know? Yeah, Go a bit to and fro with it and then normally it's pretty fast done, you know? Like... We all do our own things and it sort of clicks together, so there's not really that much of an iron about it. Would you say that, like, in a world of streaming, radio, like, because obviously now everything, as you said before, is everything streaming, would you say that radio plays are really necessary for new bands? Do you think that it's... How important do you think that they are, then? I think that there is a crucial amount of people that listen to radio. I do think that. I do still believe that because they wouldn't still be about if people didn't listen to them. Very true. But I also don't know whether how many people that are sort of our age and they're actually still attending gigs and stuff are listening to the radio. We listen to the radio a lot. We put it on in the kitchen. Yeah, Yeah, we listen to BBC Radio 6 or uh, what's the other one? Like Soul, uh, Magic Soul or (laughs) Smooth Jazz. You never know. Cool, cool, cool. Well, yeah, the vast majority of people that I know don't listen to radio because obviously... with streaming now it's just so easy to at your fingertips to put whatever you want on exactly and with playlists it's basically radio without the talking so it's just it's like true. you know no ads and everything yeah apparently no most people uh, listen to the radio like in the car you know yeah, the way to yeah exactly yeah. how do you learn how do you guys you, you, you wake up and you go right, I want to discover a new band today what do you do how do you go about that what you go first um, um well often like i like listening to the spotify suggestions you know the discovery weekly mm. yeah. um and stuff like that also looking online at like i don't know domino records or something finding out who their new you know who the new bands they've signed are and listening listening to that from there as well yeah i'd probably say the same like i love the you know how spotify does like your daily mixes and it's got like yeah. a snippet of how many artists and then they also fire in stuff that you haven't heard before I do like that, but I'm you're better at I would say Juju's much better at um, discovering new bands because you go onto like a web like record like like record label websites yeah. where I was like I'm fucking lazy and I love old music and I'm like and I'm like I'll listen to anything to be fair right I will listen to like anything from classical to jazz to whatever so I'm I'm kind of better at finding out about old music that I haven't heard before than I am about finding out about new not coming stuff. Yeah, so. I, I love finding out about new bands and yeah well basically when we listen to the radio as well you get loads of you know bbc introducing and yeah stuff like that what about you i don't go and seek new music but they say they say people over 25 will never listen to new music again no no okay not not musicians but the general person they have their childhood music and then they hit 25 and then that's it they just listen to that for the rest Mm. of their life that is that is the most common thing if in my opinion and I, I kind of noticed that in myself I, I never go and actively seek new music the only music i listen to is bands i'm playing with live and then I'm, I'm seeing them live and then maybe i'll go and add them or if we're looking for people to play with us 
uh, to put on with us then i'll do a bit of research uh, who's who's in that area what they sound like and then should they warm up for us or can we warm up for them or whatever but mm-hmm. other than that i suppose i'll listen to the radio bbc radio in the car as well oh <laughs> ah yeah so you're, you're in, in the, the car, car. Ah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but only in the car yeah um so can you tell us a bit about your music videos like uh who films them and where did you get the ideas and the themes and all that well the f- the first uh three videos were done with uh, sean hodgson uh, loki films uh, he's great he's done all sorts of work with like you know all sorts of great bands and he was like uh downloads official cameraman i think and also all sorts of like great jobs that he's had and he's a really experienced guy so we did we did the stuff with him the ideas, I mean, the first one was just a performance video, so that was literally just, like, essentially putting out the image of the band and being like, okay, look, this is us. Mm-hmm. And then the other two obviously had a bit more of a, a meaning to them, so we wanted to, I think me and Antonio just sat down and got a storyboard together, really, and just sort of played around with ideas of what we wanted to have. Nice. Um, storyboard-wise, cool. we kept, essentially we had a, 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 an idea straight away for the freedom piece. I wanted it to be a school shooting, so it was essentially just mm-hmm. going through the motions of creating this and making it as cinematic or as appealing as possible from the start to get people to still watch, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the second one... time, I was like, okay, let's decide this scene and then after this scene, what do you want? Okay, let's try to draw something. Okay, what kind of angle do you prefer for this character? What kind of colors and stuff like that? I was a pain in the ass. But, but that's yeah, good, was, though. That, that means that, you know what you're, you're going to get as well, which is cool. That's good. Yeah, I saw for um, when you were filming Freedom of Peace, you know, we were all there. And yeah, yeah. I saw like the little drawings of each scene. That was that was really cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, like it, it's, it's useful, man, though, because it's yeah. just better than keeping it in your head, you know? Like, fucking, you forget scenes and stuff, man. It's better to keep it that way. And it's also really good for the cameraman to be able to see the angles that you've got in your head, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Next video that we're doing, like, we're about to film, that, that's my god i've probably put more work into that than all of my uni work put together good um honestly mate i've been we planned this in like what when when was it that we planned it probably like november yeah september oh september even maybe we sat in the garden planning it when it was out of lockdown for a bit wow okay so plug that for everybody so tell us what's the song called the demon the new single the demon the video is going to come out some point soon the video has just kept being pushed back with covid so we'll be going in tomorrow Tomorrow oh. for three days to film, we're building a set, um, filming all of that. That's uh, set in the 1930s. It's all about the battle wow. between good and evil. Uh, wow, amazing. It's with grief. That's so, yeah, so, so it's a, like, uh, I'm not going to ruin too much. No, uh, no, no. Until, keep some for the imagination. Yeah, yeah it's, it's set in the 1930s, very creepy, very, cin- like, it's a cinema piece rather than, like, a music video. It's going to be more sort of a, of a short film. Mm-hmm the music in the background sort of thing that's how we want it to be coming across wow that'll be that's great amazing. yeah i can't wait to watch that yeah same everybody yeah. listening so look out for that that's the demon yeah. you said yeah the demon yeah. right okay so yeah, we really like the video for do what you do as yeah. well that was like really well filmed that was the really bo- like, uh-huh. and um what was the other one do what you do and uh, freedom of peace they're both so yeah. well done yeah so well done i was like when juju first showed me them a couple of days ago i was like what the fuck i was like these are like our friends from you like i was like what these are so well done i was like in awe oh, i was like put it back let me see more i want to see it again i was like what oh thanks man yeah i mean i think that's most i think that's down to the camera work as well man you know like he has such a high quality camera so the, the thing the, the picture if you film a tree man it'd look crazy yeah so you just like look at it it's just so high def man like they, they use the camera the camera they actually filmed um 
the first one was with the same camera that he used for that was used in Lord of the Rings. It's like what? that caliber of camera, you know, like super, what? super high fucking. Like higher than 4K? For this camera. Crazy. Yeah, it's like crazy, crazy high def, man. And like, what? you can tell in the video, it's just like so like crisp, man. So Fine. yeah, it's great. And then and do what you do. We try, we were playing with a drone pilot who had his drone. So we filmed with a drone and stuff. And that was yeah. really interesting. That was to amazing. That, but yeah, where was, was the, where was that? Where was that building? Yeah, we were on top of the... Uh, what was the building called, sir? Silver Building. In Silver Building, yeah, right near, right near Wembley Stadium. And we had to get loads of permits and uh, jump through a lot of hoops to be allowed to do it on top of that rooftop. And it was actually a good memory from there because we were actually playing live, uh, blasting through giant speakers. And there was a lot of the crowds from like the buildings opposite coming out their flats and like some builders climbing ladders and everyone was just cheering. No oh, way! So yeah, that's amazing! We got onto the balconies and stuff and like this builder got onto the top of this ladder and was literally like right on the top of this ladder and he was just like looking at us like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing! amazing yeah. I was thinking that because you can see there's no like safety railings around the building and I think I said to Judy, I was like, they must have had to do a lot to be able to go up there and film because I know they're so like they obviously need to have regulations and all that. The manager kept coming up every like ten minutes and freaking out, and then he made us put duct tape in like this square around where we're not allowed to move out of the square. He, he was really paranoid, and, he, and we had to get a lot of things signed and permits because the drone wasn't allowed to fly uh, because it was right near the cable cars and, and the airport and stuff as well. Yeah, it's so underneath flight paths. Oh that god, that's fun organising. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, jumping through hoops there. Wow. A lot of hoops, man. That's crazy. That is yeah, crazy. Yeah, and plus COVID as well. So it was just like that mm-hmm. as well, on top of all the health and safety bollocks. We had to make sure we were COVID compliant, which is just a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. Yes. Well, that actually kind of perfectly ties into our next question. So, like, how would you guys say you've coped with lockdown as a band? Like, how has it been for you all? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it kind of just ruined us, to be honest, at the start. Like, we were just getting some momentum going. And then we couldn't do anything you know we had all right. the music recorded we couldn't film any videos mm. he went back to italy did antonio so he was stuck in italy and then nice. it was just sort of like just didn't everything was just not working and oh, so i know um it was just like, all right well i guess we just got i guess we've just got to push on and i came back down because I, I sort of fled to scarborough when it all happened i was a bit scared so i was like all right fuck it, i'm just gonna go stay with my dad yeah. uh went up there um and, and well, basically waiting for it to blow over. We thought it was going to be a month or two. And yeah. then yeah, six months later, we were like, fuck's sake, we best get started on summit. So we came down and filmed the Do What You Do video. Positively, it drove Seb into onto a uh, digital marketing course and then you learn how to do social media, loads of other stuff. And then he's really up the game on our um, uh, internet presence now because of that. And, and uh, so I think that's a positive outcome of it because Aye. we were all a bit lazy with it. Before. We silver lining. And now he's all over it basically we signed up to this course online to do social media and how to do it all okay and it's yeah, it's interesting man it's really interesting but it's just like fucking it is a lot man it's a lot do you know social media is a yeah, lot time in it yeah it goes back to what antonio was saying you've got to have so you've got loads of different jobs when you're in a band it's not just playing mm-hmm. music anymore you've got to be like a social media manager like a fucking graphic designer video editor all these yeah, bullshit yeah, jobs yeah. You know? all those things uh, are so important now to music yeah, yeah. That, that's, I'd argue that's more important than being able to sing or play and play your instrument because people <laughs> yeah. can fucking not play you know you can have sort of I mean yeah you can you can be auto-tune yeah you can be auto-tune <laughs> you can play all your drum beats out of time and get them changed in your recordings yeah, I can fix and then <laughs> <laughs> I can't even play drums <laughs> <laughs> We were lying all this time. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah, it's CGI. Singing. Singing. <laughs> so, what um, guitars and drums and basses do do you use? 
note do you play? I've got a vast array of guitars. I've got an Ibanez Iceman, a, a Paul, a PRS uh, Custom Twenty Four, Gibson Les Paul, a Fender Telecaster, a couple of acoustics, bass guitars, mm-hmm. all sorts, man, all sorts. What, what one would you all, mainly I'm use to record? I use my PRS. My PRS is my main one. That's my baby. My okay. uh, that the new one. PRS. Yeah, you have a new one. Yeah, right. yeah, that that is beautiful as well. But my that's that my PRS has got my heart. <laughs> but my Ibanez Iceman is something that I've wanted for a long time, so I, I got that recently. Mm, nice for the bass. I think I love Ibanez in general. I know that there is a lot of hate for this brand. I don't know why, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I like my bass and I think it sounds good. But I'm more interested in like weird gear, like I don't know MIDI devices or scenes and stuff like that. So I'm I will slow bring something in the band as well. Nice, cool, very nice. Yeah, yeah we can see some equipment behind you there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> nice setup. Little home studio. What about you, Darren? I have a custom Pearl Masters, hmm. which I don't really use unless I have to take it to a gig and other people want to use it. I don't really care what I use. Like you said, I'll just get on it and tune it up a bit and play whatever. And I'm open to any uh, endorsements. You hear that, guys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trainers, I'll take the lot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just for everyone again, that's TB King, in case you want to plug them up with some stuff. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. We'll stop swearing if that's what we need to do. But it's <laughs> annoying. It's annoying with drums because you can't, like have your favourite drum kit and bring it to a gig when you're getting paid like 20 quid, you know? No. Well, not even. So no. you have to just do with what's at the venue as well. Yeah, which is always broken. And they always, um, I have two rack toms and there's never ever any two rack toms anywhere. What? When did the second rack tom disappear? <laughs> I know, everywhere. it's never there. Like and the cymbal stands uh, are always broken. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's no, there's never any uh, catch it, uh, screws for the, th- the symbols, so you're just whacking them and they're flying all over the place. The stools are falling apart, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, there has been an awareness, I noticed uh, in my other band before TBK, that this is a thing, and a lot of the smaller venues around Hamden and that that I was playing were actively getting, making sure the drums were working and getting your drums, but still, yeah. It still it still is an issue, but people seem to be more aware of it these days. And yeah, it's getting, getting better, is what I'm saying. That's good because it's so annoying <laughs> yeah, when you when you get to the gig and then you can't even put the drum seat to the right height, and you're like no, really no. low because it's broken, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to do this." I have my certain things that I bring because I know they're not gonna have them, like the emergency the emergency little box with stuff in and uh, yeah. Yeah, and in a stool. But other than that, I'll try not to bring anything. Now my snare drum, obviously, I have a Chad Smith one that's tuned really, really, really high to get that ping you can hear going through mm-hmm. the whole album. That like, because I was a samba drummer for many years, I used to lead a samba band. Um, we we performed for the rugby games and stuff like that in Witness where I grew up. And uh, then samba snares are really thin. They've got that really tinny like slip knot, almost yeah. like you're hitting a keg with a piece of metal sound. And I absolutely <laughs> love that. So Good yeah, nice. I, I make sure I take that everywhere with me. That's nice. cool. That is nice. So, um, before COVID, what would you guys usually do after a show? Did you have many shows before COVID, or did you just kind of really start at the wrong fucking time? <laughs> no, we've had we, we've had a few shows, but I mean, like, I think um, Darren runs off after a show. That's the mo- that's the main thing. He legs it home. 
it's literally almost as like he comes off and like, all right, do you want to get a drink? And unless, yeah, I don't know, sometimes maybe... I got, I got so much equipment and gear and I don't want to leave it there. Last last venue I left it at was like someone went through my bag and stole 20 quid and drumsticks and stuff. What and I'm like, fuck? I just want to get it home. I want to get, get all my equipment out of here as mm. soon as possible. And, and, and I, if, I, if I start drinking, I'm not going to do that. Steve's just going to go missing. Yeah. So I have to get that drunk at home before... <laughs> Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come to the after party. I'll come to the after party, and then I call him at like fucking two a.m. Like, oh, Darren, mate, why are you not in? He's like, oh, mate, I'm in bed, leave me alone. Like, you old fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Antonio, do you enjoy a, a little post gig party? Yeah, actually, it was great, and Darren was there, so. Standing up for Darren again. Oh God! Yeah, again, <laughs> always. Uh, no, but jokes aside, yeah, it was weird because for me, uh, those were my first gigs here in London. Mm. So it was nice to find Seb's place um, and find actually a spot in which, like, I can meet people and talk about, you know, uh, my taste in music and stuff like that. Because I'm not that used to do that. Uh, yeah. I'm a pretty self-secluded person <laughs> in general. Um, so it was really nice before COVID. Like this. Nice. Tell you what, we did party hard in Exeter. Was it Exeter? Yeah, Devon, man. That was fucking Because they, they gave us, a, they paid us like 100 quid for the gig and gave us free food and free drinks all night yeah. and entries to the club after. So it was just, we just sat in the corner. We played dice. What was that game you had, Liar? It was amazing. Yeah, Liar. <laughs> we were proper nerds in the club, man. We played a dice game after we played a headline show in a fucking club and we're there playing fucking dice, mate. <laughs> oh, I bet you're like dead mysterious to everyone else. You're like, oh, so they were the musicians. Oh, they're playing dice. Mm. Yeah, I want to get in on that. <laughs> people, people are coming up and talking to us, and we yeah, ended up on the dance yeah. floor anyway. Like, yes, uh, surprising uh, how many people actually came over to come to us. <laughs> nice, but I remember the after parties at yours, Seb. They were pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, after yeah, they were, they were always great, man. I mean, like, I just love, I love a good pie, man. Mm -hmm. I love a good pie. So if we can get people to come, you know, anyone who's at the show to come afterwards to a session, that's always a great, yeah, a exactly. great time. Man. No, After I'm up for it. every TBK show or even anyone else's show. <laughs> Literally, everyone come up to mine. Get love it. it. What's the venue you've really liked playing? I guess uh, the the Dublin Castle was probably my was one of my favourite ones. The nice. the EP launch, um, we had a load of. Like a load of balloons and that, and it was just like a, a proper good laugh. Like everyone was just jumping and bouncing around and just like sway. It was a good mm. laugh. It was a good laugh, man. Nice. Just see, like I don't know, it's just crazy, man. Like people just fucking have properly moshing, like properly moshing. And then like, someone came up to me the next day and sent me a message saying, or, or sent me a message or whatever, saying, "Oh yeah, I've got whiplash." <laughs> I was like, fucking, I was like, yes, that, that's the sort <laughs> of thing you want. Nice. That's cool. So, yeah. That's cool. That was a fat pit. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Was that your favourite two, Darren? I'm just trying to think now. I enjoyed Headlands. There wasn't there wasn't like a huge attendance, but playing outdoors was pretty sweet. And it? it was what was it like 11 p.m. or something? We played that. Yeah, we had like the last lot at this uh, festival up in Scarborough, where I'm from. Uh, it's just like a local festival. All like the the essentially the head of the music scene around there sets up a festival for all the local bands. Oh, we played that. It's like a, almost like a hippie festival. There's like lights and all sorts of like fairy lights and things everywhere. It's and like big mushrooms and stuff like that. Like it's kind of it's it's a cool Sick. a cool little place in the woods, man. So it was, it, it was a vibe. It was a vibe. What's it called? Uh, Headland. Headland. Headland Festival. Yeah. Um, so nice. yeah. 
that might be on this year so if we can have a look at tickets if you're struggling to get the tickets for anywhere else yeah dear yeah it'd be cool it was, this um, one. It was quite it was quite a mixed crowd because you had like older people and kids and it was just literally sort of a family thing and there was but everyone sort of looked at us for the first song a bit judgingly and then everyone all ages were just getting involved and dancing and jumping around which for me really showed that our music can be enjoyed by absolutely everyone even though it's you know metal but like yeah it, it got really good feedback there that's mm-hmm. nice that's really really nice what about you antonio uh, um, we didn't play like tons of gigs together yet, mm-hmm. uh, but I I would say I pretty much I enjoyed the ICMP party that we had. We didn't even play as them bloody kids there. You remember, guys? Ah, uh, yeah. We were, we were like forty two days. days. Uh, uh, it was so nice, but yeah, spoiler, uh, it was us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But basically, I don't know why, but I enjoyed that. Maybe because it was just between all of, you know, students and people that I knew. Uh, we had to prepare masks and stuff like that. It was, it was just cool. Because you were dressed in a fancy dress outfit. That's why you yes. looked <laughs> what, was, what was your outfit? Uh, basically, I stayed up the whole night making this um, white jumper with like black stains, black hand stains. And I uh, built this mask with like LEDs and weird stuff and i just you're a jack of all trades that's what you are doing all of that i want to see this outfit (laughs) yeah it was a proper cyberpunk vibe man he looked cool as fuck yeah space for improvement but yeah we had to we had to cover up our faces back because uh we're like weren't allowed to play a gig uh because of some we had a we had a contractual agreement to be playing another gig so we couldn't play another gig as them bloody kids oh i so remember play, that gig I yeah do. we had to play yeah. as 42 days because 42 days was the amount of time that we weren't allowed to play a gig for oh shit. So, <laughs> that's weird. amazing now playing the demon by them bloody kids is your favorite song to perform live would you say uh, oh. difficult question I, I like to the thing is right I don't like the song the angel I know it's gonna be quite weird to say like one of our songs I don't really like it as a track itself but playing it live has a vibe it's got this weird beat to it and there's like this thing where in the crowd the people who come to the gig anyway they sing like a certain lyric over the top, it's in like a, a wrong lyric basically, and it's like a big joke. 
And so it's kind of a bit of a laugh to play that song because people just sing these wrong lyrics and it's just kind of a bit of a joke and everyone's just like screaming it at me directly, being like, you know, well, it's, it's, it says, the lyrics like, God, he kept you waiting. But everyone says like, Daddy kept you waiting. Like, okay, so it's just like, and it's just this like whole like thing. But it's funny. So I kind of like, I kind of enjoy it. It brings a bit of life to the set. So it's funny. Nice. nice. What about you two? I would say Freedom of Peace. Yeah. I don't know why, but the song is just vibing so much there is the tempo change that usually uh you know the crowd is getting crazy in that moment and it works so well that yeah it's just so much fun oh nice very nice darren Darren. (laughs) (laughs) i can't can't remember the song name light on upstairs Mm. i just like the way because the crowd Mm. and the regular people who come the gig know that uh, catchy symbol bit that da da and everyone just chants it and it's not even lyrics so I don't know why they're doing it (laughs) they're chanting your part you should feel special that's it (laughs) they're vibing on you I like it that's cool there's one where you do some like singing oh yeah we were talking about this today I was like I listened to it last night and I got so confused I was like this part of the song just is like a mad salsa uh, dance or something. I really like that. I thought that was cool. What is it you sang yeah, in it? So, so that was in a stu- we were in the studio just messing around and Darren, every time he heard the song, we I sent him like a demo version of it or whatever, and we were playing with it. And before we went in the studio, he, he kept saying this thing like, oh my my, oh my my, like all this crazy, <laughs> and he had no words for it. He was just saying that repeatedly. And then he got into the booth and was like, all right, you know, I'll throw it on top. And he did it. And then he, he did it and it kind of worked and it was just sort of like weird, but kind of systemy. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, fuck it. Why not? We'll do it. It's so strange. It's like such a weird swap over, but it's like, yeah. it's like funny. Like it's like jokey. And then in the video yeah. as well, you're like that. Like it's like, as if you're like going for a salsa dance, like you were dying with it. I love it. It gives it a bit of a system of a down vibe, you know, mm, yeah, that exactly. like weird change it's suddenly. Yeah. I like that. Bouncy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like Mario. Like, oh my my, oh it's a bit <laughs> Mario. <laughs> uh, maybe that's where you get it from. All the, all the, all the game music. Yeah, yeah. sounds oh, like a. music. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. I liked that. I liked it a lot. Do you have um anything like apart from the the video that's coming out? Anything that you'd like to talk about? Like, um. Yeah, like? we've got the albums <laughs> dropping on the twenty third. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty uh, third of April, uh, Radical Animals album, and with that, we're also releasing an animated video uh, of all of us uh, in a nuclear apocalypse in London. Way, uh, look at you! So creative, yeah, man. So, gonna be exciting, man. But we we're playing on. Yeah, we're jamming on Big Ben, and like we shoot the prime minister into space. The prime minister's like a nuke. Uh, so oh. it's like he's like this nuclear man. I uh, thought you were just cool. gonna say we shot the prime minister. I was like, yes, Boris Johnson. Uh, yeah, fucker. He's basically, he's out of a cannon, so. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. So, why don't you tell everybody that's listening where they will be able to find you? What is your handles? What's your website? Anything you want to plug? Plug it now. Cool. Uh, I mean, it's at TBKUK on most of the stuff. Um, okay. Just search them bloody kids and then whatever website it is on, on Google. And we're fairly optimised for that, so you should find us. Fantastic. Um, www.thembloodykids.com. Yeah, www. Get your merch on there. Uh, get your whatever it is that you want. We've got um, a pre-release uh, coming up of CDs and vinyls. Really nice vinyls, actually. But, Amazing. Um, Amazing. They are not. They're not going to be ready till about a month after the album, but we're going to be starting a pre-release for it soon for limited edition ones. 
Um, yeah, so look out for that. That's well, cool. So will they all be available to buy on the website? Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll be up soon to, to buy. But as we said, the, the vinyls are going to be a little bit longer, but the CDs, we've got them already. Amazing, nice. amazing, Sweet. so fantastic. Yeah. That's so great. Uh, for anyone listening, just to say, we'll probably we'll put links for like on YouTube. We'll put links up for TBK, all their online stuff. So if you're wanting to hear them, they'll be in this Spotify playlist that we're starting, and then also we'll link them up so you guys can find them wherever and listen mm-hmm. to some really cool music and watch some really cool videos. Yeah, and you can find back to back catalogs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok, everywhere. YouTube, yeah. Uh, pretty much everywhere. B2B catalogs. Yeah, we'll link it all up as usual on the link tree and uh, this has been them bloody kids. Thank you so much for being on here guys. You were great. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. No, don't be daft. Don't be daft. Yeah.